You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. And finally tonight, the story of Samantha Smith, a 10-year-old girl from Manchester, Maine. I needed to tell this story because someone who lived on this earth so few years had so much impact on it. Thanks for subscribing to the Premium Podcast. And as you know, we recently completed a series, A Dozen Ronald Reagans, and that focused a lot on the Soviet Union, of course. And we talked about the moment in 1982 when Yuri Andropov succeeded Leonid Brezhnev. When Andropov took the position, the, w- the thing you have to understand is that in the Western press, in the American press, There was a lot of skepticism about him. Newspapers and magazines ran numerous front-page photographs. But it was negative. Andropov had been the head of the KGB. Andropov had been responsible for the crackdown in 1968 in Czechoslovakia during the Prague summer. Reagan is president, and there are large anti-nuclear protests taking place There were some real things going on. In the 70s, the Soviets had deployed the SS-20s. And Reagan was moving to deploy the Pershing-2 missiles in 1983, just kind of entering a new phase of nuclear conflict. So in November 22nd, 1982, Time magazine publishes an issue with Andropov on the cover. He said in a quote, The struggle for human rights was part of a wide-ranging imperialist plot to undermine the foundation of the Soviet state. Enter a girl in the town of Holton, Maine, very close to the Canada-U.S. border, a very kind of obscure place. Born June 29, 1972. He's born right around the same time that I was, and it's one of the things that that strikes me about this story. And she asks her mother, and you know, looking at the cover with Andropov on it, if people are so afraid of him, why doesn't someone write a letter asking whether he wants to have a war or not? Earlier this year, Samantha wrote a letter to Soviet leader Yuri Andropov. She congratulated him on becoming head of the Soviet Communist Party and asked him some questions about Soviet attitudes toward the United States. This isn't the first time that young Samantha had written a letter to an important person. At the age of five, she wrote a letter to Queen Elizabeth II in order to express her admiration. Her father was a teacher of literature and writing at the University of Maine at Augusta. And so she was well-versed in writing letters. So Samantha Smith, now 10 years old, writes a letter to Soviet leader Yuri Andropov. Well, I asked him who would start the war first. Here's what she writes. Dear Mr. Andropov, my name is Samantha Smith. I am 10 years old. 
Congratulations on your new job. I have been worrying about Russia and the United States getting into a nuclear war. Are you going to vote to have a war or not? If you aren't, please tell me how you are going to help to not have a war. This question you do not have to answer, but I would like to know why you want to conquer the world, or at least our country. God made the world for us to live together in peace and not to fight. Sincerely, Samantha Smith. Now, her letter actually uh, arrives at the Kremlin, and it's published in the Soviet newspaper Pravda. Samantha's happy to discover this, but she doesn't get a reply from Andropov. So then she sends a letter to the Soviet Union's ambassador to the United States asking if Andropov intended to respond to her letter. And so on April 26, 1983, a letter comes back to Maine from Andropov. Dear Samantha, I received your letter, which is like many others that have reached me recently from your country and from other countries around the world. It seems to me, I can tell by your letter, that you are a courageous and honest girl, resembling Becky, the friend of Tom Sawyer in the famous book of your compatriot, Mark Twain. This book is well known and loved in our country by all boys and girls. You write that you are anxious about whether there will be a nuclear war between our two countries, and you ask, are we doing anything so that war will not break out? Your question is of most important. I will reply to you seriously and honestly. Yes, Samantha, we in the Soviet Union are trying to do everything so that there will not be war on earth. That is what every Soviet man wants. That is what the great founder of our state, Vladimir Lenin, taught us. Soviet people well know what a terrible thing war is. 42 years ago, Nazi Germany, which strove for supremacy over the whole world, attacked our country, burned and destroyed many thousands of our towns and villages, killed millions of Soviet men, women, and children. In that war, which ended in our victory, we were in alliance with the United States. Together, we fought for the liberation of many people from the Nazi invaders. I hope that you know about this from your history lessons in school. And today, we want very much to live in peace, to trade and cooperate with all our neighbors on this earth with those far away and those nearby, and certainly with such a great country as the United States of America. In America and in our country, there are nuclear weapons, terrible weapons that can kill millions of people in an instant. But we do not want them to ever be used. That's precisely why the Soviet Union solemnly declared throughout the entire world that never, never will it use nuclear weapons first against any country. In general, we propose to discontinue further production of them and proceed to the abolition of all the stockpiles on Earth. It seems to me that this is a sufficient answer to your second question. Why do you want to wage war against the whole world or at least the United States? We want nothing of the kind. No one in our country, neither workers, peasants, writers, nor doctors, neither grown-ups nor children, nor members of the government, want either a big or a little war. We want peace. There's something that we are occupied with. Growing wheat, building and inventing, writing books, and flying into space. We want peace for ourselves and for all people in the planet. For our children and for you, Samantha. 
I invite you, if your parents will let you, to come to our country, the best time being this summer. You will find out about our country, meet with our contemporaries, visit an international children's camp, our tech, on the sea, and see for yourself, in the Soviet Union, everyone is for peace and friendship among peoples. Thank you for your letter, and I wish all the best in your young life. Yuri and Dropoff. Well, <laughs> that uh, set off a fury of media attention for young Samantha, and she was interviewed on Nightline by Ted Koppel. Well, I asked him who would start the war first. Yeah, he said that if we were going to have a war, they would never be the first ones to start it. Yeah. How long a letter was it? It was just a page. And what else did he write to you? Well, he... Nothing, really. He <laughs> <laughs> <And> history lessons. <laughs> She's interviewed by Johnny Carson. For the trip, would you welcome Samantha Smith? And there are nightly reports about all this by the major networks. And in July 1983, Samantha Smith flies to Moscow with her parents and spends two weeks as Andropov's guest. During the trip, she visited Moscow and Leningrad and spent time in Artek, the main Soviet pioneer camp in the town of Gurzov in the Crimean Peninsula. Smith wrote in her book that in Leningrad, she and her parents were amazed by the friendliness of the people and by the presence that many people made for them. Speaking at a Moscow press conference, she declared that Russians were just like us. It wasn't possible for Yuri Andropov to meet with Samantha Smith during her visit, as we alluded to on the Dozen Ronald Reagan's cast. Andropov was pretty sick at this point. Gorbachev is chairing meetings for him in the Politburo, and Gorbachev and other aides are assuming most of uh, you, you know Yuri Andropov's functions and probably at his direction while he's in a medical facility. And he had a pretty severe kidney disease. She did get a phone call from Russian cosmonaut Valenta Tereshkova, the first woman to orbit the Earth. Media followed her throughout her tour to the Soviet Union. Photographs and articles are published in American newspapers and also in Soviet newspapers. She's a widely known person at this point in the Soviet Union and well-regarded. Um, there was some cause of worry in the United States that the Soviets were using this as a public relations stunt. But in Maine, in her hometown, when she comes back in July 1983, the people at Maine celebrate her with a red carpet and roses. She's then invited to Japan, uh, continuing what became her role as America's youngest ambassador. She meets with the Prime Minister of Japan 
and attends the Children's International Symposium. She makes a speech there and suggests that Soviet and American leaders exchange granddaughters for two weeks every year, arguing that a president wouldn't want to send to a bomb, wouldn't want to send a bomb to a country that his granddaughter would be visiting. The trip inspires other exchanges. There's other uh, kids. There's an 11-year-old Soviet child, Katya Laicheva, who comes to the United States. She has a kind of celebrity status, and in 1984, she's actually a special correspondent uh, hosting a election show, election 18, 1984, for the Disney Channel entitled Samantha Smith Goes to Washington, Campaign 84. She interviews Jesse Jackson. She interviews uh, George McGovern. Yeah, George McGovern made a run for president in 1984. Um, she's also appearing on the TV show Charles in Charge. Unfortunately, Samantha Smith's contribution to world peace would be cut short. Smith. We knew her as a bright young schoolgirl from Maine who gained international attention when she wrote Soviet President Yuri Andropov. She told him of her fears about war, and he in turn invited her to Moscow, and she went. Last night, 13-year-old Samantha, America's youngest goodwill ambassador, was killed in a plane crash, along with her father and six others. Connie Collins has more. Tragically, on August 25th, 1985, Smith and her father were returning home after filming a segment for a show called Lime Street. While attempting to land at Auburn Regional Airport in Auburn, Maine, the Beechcraft 99 commuter plane that she was flying on along with her father struck some trees just short of the runway, and it crashed, killing all six passengers and two crew on board. If you were a parent and could order up a little girl, you just might order up Samantha Smith. There was actually some accusations of foul play, uh, rumors uh, mostly circulated in the Soviet Union. Uh, there was an investigation undertaken in the U.S., and there was no evidence of that. It had been a rainy night. There was a very steep flight path angle and, and, and all things like that. But it doesn't stop rumors from spreading. Her funeral was a big event. It was attended by a 1,000 people. Robert Wagner, who he, she had been starring on a show with, the Soviet Union sent an ambassador who read a personal message of condolence from then-Soviet Union, Union leader Mikhail Gorbachev. Everyone in the Soviet Union who has known Samantha Smith will forever remember the image of the American girl who, like the millions of Soviet young men and women, dreamt about peace and about friendship between the peoples of the United States and the Soviet Union. Thought. He said I was courageous. Well, that's your word. Let's 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 begin at the beginning. What did you write to him, and, and then what did he write back? Well, I asked him why do you want to conquer the world, and he wrote back to me and said that he wanted nothing of the kind, and gave me a little history lesson on the last war they had. He said that he didn't want to have a war or anything like that again. You know, it goes to the question of who ended the Cold War. So many people. There are numerous tributes to her in Maine. There's a statue in her honor. There's a uh, monument built to Smith in the Artuk Young Pioneer Camp. It, it, it was the metal built on it was stolen by metal thieves, and but it has recently been restored. There's also a school in Jamaica, Queens, in New York City named Samantha Smith Elementary. 
There was a commemorative stamp in the Soviet Union issued with her likeness. And in space, a Soviet astronomer discovered asteroid 3147, which she named 3147 Samantha. Thanks for subscribing to the Premium Podcast. It gives me the ability to explore more topics. And doing this extra podcast for you, you know, allows me to talk about topics that there just is not time for, even in a dozen shows about the Reagan presidency and the Cold War figuring into a lot of it. There just isn't always time for every every story. We all know how important it is to keep your eye on the money, and not just your own. Stay on top of the latest financial and market news with Yahoo Finance, a podcast that releases new episodes almost every day. You'll hear a brief overview of the biggest news in the financial world, all in three minutes or less, right after markets close. Check out Yahoo Finance wherever you get your podcasts. That's Yahoo Finance wherever you get your podcasts.